we're up in the park. I had Leonardo and the dog was running full speed at Nookie. Nookie's just standing there like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Should I run? And this was before the, the dog attack. Now I knew that the dog wasn't a threat to my dog, to my baby. Like it just, the dog didn't even look like a threat at all. It was, this is a moment where Nookie needs to feel safe about this situation. So what I did was as she's running up and Nookie, she was only like a meter in front of me. So I walked away from the pram, which I'm still standing in between the dog and the pram. And the Nookie's there and I kind of, hutched over her so like so i kneeled but i had her between my legs and i stood there and the dog come pretty close and went Dah! and then the, and with my arm out and the dog stopped for a sec and then it kind of took one more step and spade went Boo! and barked and like um and continued and the guy was calling the dog the whole time and then as soon as i gave the correction and spade's like hey piss off the dog then ran back to owner the guy put the dog back on the lead happy days i felt bad because i kind of left leonardo even though he was just right behind me but in that one moment i had the moment to be like well yeah i could stand here and pretend like Nookie doesn't exist, but then the dog runs up full speed and then Nookie runs because she gets hurt. Just for the dog, just not knowing how to stop and just jumps on top of her, mm. you know? It was all friendly. But Nookie goes, wow, seems like Panos has got my back and he's pretty proactive with this because I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen. And I know that I'll, I need her to understand that it was a positive thing. Right after that happened, the dog ran away. I gave my marker for the ball. I said, bang. She looked at me. I threw the ball. I then made it a positive experience. She went, had a whole bunch of focus back on me. The dog walked past us within 10 meters. She didn't. She looked at the dog, looked back at me like, I don't feel threatened by this. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts, and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live, and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host, Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're back. We are back once again. Another, uh, I missed you. I missed you too, bro. It's another, <laughs> another Zoom episode. Yeah, we have to be time management these days. We've been kind of tight this month, but that's all right. Yeah. Well, I figured it out. Like, if we if we do it on Zoom, it's like you save an hour between coming here and going home, right? So, pretty much. Which which makes us get more time to record and more happier when we're back at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're not, you know, workaholic. You know, and, so. and Tanya's not like come <laughs> home, feed the baby, hurry up, <laughs> do do what you got to do. You know, well, we're juggling life, and it makes us sharp, and it makes us, you know, a little bit more hungry, which is awesome. Yeah. But um, I'm excited for this episode today. So, you were saying um, something along the lines of when things go wrong and how that can have a flow-on effect. Well, like even how just one bad experience can just ruin everything. Well, no, you not ruin it, but really puts a big obstacle in our training and with, and with our dog's life, basically, you know. Yeah. And so, single event you, learning. Uh-huh. 100%. Very, very good. And- with Nookie, obviously, look, we had this, I had this episode already lined up before what happened to Nookie and then and then an incident happened not longer. If you listen to our Recharging Your Batteries episode and um, then I talked a little bit about that. So, I'm going to go through the story real quick just so everyone else that hasn't listened to that gets a perspective of it. But this can happen not just with your dog being attacked by another dog, but it can happen with, with any situation. But basically, and look, and this is somebody like myself who tries to take all the precautions. I give my dog some like freedom for sure, but I'm always making sure that things aren't going bad. And if I see a dog that's dodgy or if I see a situation that can be too hard or if I'm walking my dogs near a, a busy road, I'm making sure that I'm, make, I'm keeping them safe at all times. So I'm not like I'm negligent or anything, but even that can, can cause massive curveballs in, in, your, in your training journey with your dog. So we were at a Capiti at a property called Turon Gates. Awesome place, highly recommended. And it's dog friendly. There's horse stables there. You can camp, you can go cabins. Awesome. Very relaxing. So we're in that mindset. We're down there watching, like, you know, showing my son the horses. He was psyched. We had Nookie on a lead because we're near horses. Again, Spades was off the lead. This place, you don't have to have your dogs on the lead. But I know Spades won't get himself in any stupid situation, especially when close to the horses. But Nookie was on the lead for that own reason. And... So we're watching a, a I, say, I saw a passing vehicle coming through because they have a, sh- a shared dirt road and it was one of the neighbors' um, cars coming through and I saw two dogs on the back of the ute and some intu- intuitive moment kicked in and I thought, when I said out loud to Tanya, I'm like, wouldn't it be heaps 
shit if one of those dogs jumped off the car and, and attacked our dogs. And like literally three seconds later, I see a dog just hop off and just beeline right for Nookie in a state of prey drive. I've had some time to reflect on it as well now and um, had some discussions with people. And yeah, the dog's in prey drive. He sees a little, she sees a little tiny white fluffy rabbit looking thing and she just, she just has a brain snap and goes, I'm out of here, gets off and then runs straight for her. And in the situation, give you a bit of a scope, I'm holding Leonardo and Tanya's holding the lead and we're like five metres from horses. And as soon as the, the dog's running in, I can see it, so I'm ready. And my first reaction was a big, loud, oi, and then a kick to the, to the ribs. And I'm, and I'm repeatedly kicking this dog while she's coming for one bite, grabbed her leg real quick. And then while I was kicking up, Polly was deflecting it a lot of it. So then she went for a second time into her flank and she, Nookie was screaming the whole time. And of course, as you can imagine, these things go really, really quickly. And I had to, and I had a conscious decision of not doing anything too intense because I want to protect my son as well. Yeah. Um, and then while that happened, because the dogs were kind of behind Tanya at that moment, I saw then the dog that had jumped off the car going for spades and the spades legs it. And the dog's just chasing, just like nipping it on the back. The guy comes out. And I'm just like, you fucking dog, bro. And boom, he just runs right for his dog. Like he, he's paranoid because the whole, the whole, everyone's watching me holding my baby. You know what I mean? So yeah. like everyone's probably, probably more thinking about that um, than the dogs. Anyway, he grabs a dog and he put in the back of the ute. I think he whacked her a few times, tied her back. He ran over concerned. Like he wasn't negligent. He was negligent by accident. He says that they're always tied up. They are always tied up. I don't know why she's not tied up. And the other dog was tied up. So maybe it was just human error. He screwed up. Um, but he was really apologetic. We checked the dogs at that time, like with adrenaline pumping and everything else. Everything was cool. He went on his way. One thing, just for all the listeners out there, and I'm the person who would do this, but in the moment I didn't, is that to get all of his details. So I didn't. So that's um, look, I now know that one of the workers that work on the property know that guy. So I can get his details if anything had happened. But it's always good to get that person details in case vet bills need to be sorted or anything else further from there. So I guess that's one learning lessons in hindsight. I guess another in hindsight moment I had was when something like that occurs, you shove baby into mum's hands and then you try to deal with it. But again, we're talking microseconds and you got to act when you're in fight or flight, um, adrenaline pumping through your system. You know, you, you do what you can as much as you can. So anyway, that happened. And we were like, look, you know what? Okay, so this is really important and I guess it's good that we had this experience. So what I wanted to explain in this episode, I'm going to use it directly for Nookie, is that the first thing we did was, of course, check her, make sure that everything's good. Let me put my phone on silent. My apologies. So um, making sure she's all okay. There was no puncture wounds from what I could see at the time. But we continued, like we didn't go back in the car and pick her up and freak her out. We wanted to just go, hey, we just continue walking. So we just went for a little walk. We went down to the spot. We set up the picnic rug. She was like trembling and freaked out, but we're in the middle of the bush now. So it's pretty limited of what we can do anyway. And we just tried to make it as normal as possible. I knew that she didn't want the ball. She didn't want to eat any food. So she was legitimately stressed. She was definitely in pain as well. And, um, and yeah, we went back to the cabin for those next couple of days. She wasn't herself. You know, she was, first of all, minus two in the middle of the night. Like that's, that's Celsius, so it's below freezing. So it's cold where we were. Obviously, it was warm in our cabin. But in an unfamiliar environment, you know, she wasn't going to be herself. And I expected her not to be herself, but I just wanted to make sure that she didn't have any internal issues going on. Um, I didn't go to the vet that day. When we got back home, eventually, like as soon as we got back home, we took her to the vet, anti-inflammatories. You know, as soon as she had the pain med, she, she, she um, perked up a lot more. So and on one hand, it would have been good to get to a vet. Maybe I should have just to give her some pain relief. But on the other hand, um, it was good to see what she was like and to see what the pain meds did to her to see where she's at. She had um, antibiotics as well. Um, and there was a little um, like graze on her. I'm really surprised that, you know, she's only four kilos and this dog was like, you know, over 30 kilos. So it's very surprising that she got away with that. Safe could have been a lot worse. No, she would have 100% died. People yeah. ask me, do you reckon she's a hunting dog? That dog that came off, I'm like, you are the shittest hunting dog. If you can't get a, a dog that's standing in one position on a leash where you had a clear access. Now, I guess you had to deal with me kicking the crap out of you, but still, um, I think the dog was just a farm dog and she just chases rabbits and, and other prey and game as part of um, her function and just part of what farm dogs do as well. So, 
you know, and speaking to everyone in that local area, the, the mindset's so different to the city, right? You speak, you tell someone in the city how it is and it's a big, oh my gosh, is she okay? And, and then everyone I spoke to when we were around those areas was like, oh, you know, that's just what happens. That's life. Is she okay? Or, you know, she'll be all right. She'll learn. And it's such a different mindset when you're, when you're rural compared to um, city living. It, it was interesting. So, um, you know, like if something was like that was to happen with your dogs, whether your dog got attacked by a human or another dog or got hit by a car or, you know, so many one um, single event um, learning experiences can happen to a dog and it could just come in the most weirdest ways. I guess another another time that I could think of, like, you know, a thing that can be really um, daunting to dogs is, you know, like fireworks, lightning, all that sort of stuff and not managing it from the beginning. Like the best thing to do is desensitize a puppy with different noises, like put on YouTube, make these different loud noises occur desensitize them to it before they actually experience the real thing because the sound from a TV and the percussion of fireworks in the air has a different vibration to the air. So obviously it's different, but if we can start desensitizing to these things, it's better than just going, then waiting for New Year's Day, your dog freaks out and then now they have a phobia of sounds for the rest of their life. So I guess good, good, um, being proactive and setting a good foundation is impo- important for, for example, good socialization. So if you don't have a strong foundation, like, for example, Nookie, so update on Nookie. Uh, maybe I should finish that up. Is that, you know, um, how long has it been now? Two weeks, I think, that I've been back. She's she's seen maybe, you know, eight to ten dogs in that time. I gave her a bit of a rest, you know, as she was recovering because she was a bit sore in that area. But I was getting her out and I've had some clients come to my place. So towards the end of the session, I bring her out. She's walking up to dogs. There isn't a fear of dogs. I And I haven't had a dog runner at her yet, so I think, next time a dog runs faster her that's where her neurosis and and that bad experience is going to um, peak in her do you think if it was truly a single event learning that she would be showing more fear than she is at the moment for, for her because i know nookie and that she's not happy with dogs running at her full speed because of what's happened before so mm. we've spoken about this in like the dog park episode where um the, the guys with the three staffies just ran and like jumped all over her, scared the living crap out of her. She didn't get attacked, but in her mind she got attacked. And I know from that one experience, and again, my dogs were on the lead and they were under, and they were under control and these knuckle, knuckleheads weren't. And then that's where that made a bad experience. So she was always um, sensitive to other big dogs because of her size, because of her breed, and also because she's got a bad knee, so she's very protective of it. She gets sore. She has a subluxating platella, which is a very common thing for small dogs where the kneecap pops in and out. So, um, so it, it doesn't really out, it doesn't back. really matter how how we perceive it as well, right? It's, it all comes down to how the dog perceives it. And so, if she perceives someone running at her, whether or not they make a connection, like as in if they actually get get teeth on her, then it, regardless of that or not, she if she's scared, then that's that's she's the same outcome. Yeah. Well, like, you know, a child can get bullied verbally or just online and not get bullied by physically and still the wounds are still there and there's, and there's still a trauma. So, so yeah, you're right. It's what, it doesn't matter what we think and feel. It's what the dog thinks and feels. It's about what actually happens and you have to look at it completely objectively. You have to see it as what's her body language suggesting and also her patterns of behavior. What are they like? You know, so I know that she wasn't feeling well because she won't play. She wouldn't play with the ball. And if you've watched any of the videos of Nookie, and if you know yeah. Nookie, her she ball loves drive the, is crazy. She's crazy, yeah. right? So I throw the ball, and she's like, "Nah, like I'm not interested." So I'm like, "Okay, that's a good gauge, you know." Mm, if your dog normally side. eats heaps, yeah. If your dog normally eats heaps and then does and stops eating in one moment, like in a certain environment, the dog stops eating or just out of the house or around another dog, then that's another clear sign. So, you know, the thing that I say to my clients all the time is when you're dealing with behavioral issues and, you know, um, dogs having a reaction to certain things around them is look at the environment, what's happening in the environment. So let's just talk about dogs. So if I'm with Nookie and I see a dog passing by, like one of the first times from being back at home walking, I'm, I'm looking going, I know there's a dog there. So my next thing is what's my dog's body language doing? And then I can see Nookie looking at the dog and she, and I, and then I have to think of what's her patterns of behavior, either generally, and then what's her patterns of behavior now? What is she doing in these moments and if you can then it cross section it and compare it and you know that it's just a normal reaction then we're cool and I, and what i have been doing is when she just sees dogs i'm arc and rod and just been giving her food and making sure just dogs don't run up to her um, inappropriately everything's been cool but it's really important environment dog's body language dog's patterns of behavior normally we see the dog reacting and not pick up on 
what's happening around you or what your dog's actually telling you before it happens. So it's really important to be equipped with understanding dog body language and and then what does it mean specifically for your dog. Just going back to what you were saying about the the um, the guy when he ran over to you and he goes, oh, you know, they're usually tied up, that sort of thing. But it's a perfect example, um, you know, management, eventually management will fail, right? Like if you're relying entirely on the fact that the dog's tied up, then eventually you're going to come unstuck. If you can't trust the dog at liberty, then you really don't have you, – you, you can't trust no. the dog full stop. It's Yeah, and like, well, look, first of all, the dog should be – like, and when I was speaking to the, the property owner, um, I was telling him what happened. I'm like, look, I don't want anything to happen from this or whatever. I'm just letting you know what happened on your property. And I told him. And he's like, that is terrible. It's ridiculous. Not acceptable. He goes, everyone ties their dog up. And for him, and he goes, I actually surprised that like it's in the farmer's or the sorry, the farm, the owner's best interest to keep a dog tied up is because you're going over bumpy roads and you're, and you're going to see wild animals and all these different things and your dogs are going to run after them. Like it's just, it's known that you tie your dog up. So, but that was in that case, completely human error. He, he screwed up and he knows that. Um, and hopefully, hopefully now he makes sure he double checks his, that his system's in place, you know. Well, he's, he's relying um, on it too much, isn't he? He's relying on the, the leash or the back tie to to stop his dog from from attacking another dog. So, yeah, for you know, sure. And look, the dogs are strapped to a collar. Probably something he needs to look at. Yeah, for sure. And it's good for all of us. Like, you know, I had Ace once. We stopped at the um, at my work where I used to work at um, the race course. And, like, it was just a day off and I was just going to see the boys. And he's been there before. So I pulled up and he goes, oh, yeah. And he jumps out the window. And I'm like, what in the hell? And this is this was back in the days. Um, my, you know, I was a bit too cocky maybe and bad management. But And what I did, which would be different than what I would do now, but I'll tell you what I did, is he jumped out. I ran over there and I grabbed him and I shoved him back through the window. I'm like, you don't freaking do that again. Mm. And and I was really, really assertive with it because, first of all, I was pissed off that he jumped out the car. Um, could have potentially killed himself and he scratched my car and it was like relatively new, pissed me off. So um, he did that. That was a, and that, in that one moment, that was the second time he did it and that was the last time he did it. So, um, but now I would know for Ace. Is so that, that correct? I, I mean, first? in that sense, that correction was a single event learning event. Exactly. Him, right. Good one. He Good never did it again. Yes, exactly right. And, and I, and, and also he probably didn't do it again because I never left the window fully up. If I left yeah, it a little well, bit up, yeah. he couldn't really get out of it, right? <laughs> but but it but it was single event learning. At the end of the day, it is what it was. And and that's my bad if something was to happen. You know what I mean? So but in that you know, like with Nookie as well, like I I for everyone, because a lot of people ask, so everyone who would ask if she's okay, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um she's actually really cool. She's chasing the ball, eating food as per normal. She had a little bump and she has a little um scab where the where her, around her flank in the abdomen where she got bitten. So there was a puncture, but I just couldn't see it. And I thought I thoroughly checked, mm. but, you know, I'm not a vet, so. Well, you, and even you the in that situation, you would have been, uh, you know, your adrenaline's pumping as well. So you probably, your your attention to detail is probably a little bit blurred in that situation. Oh, man. You know what? It was actually cool. I don't know if I, you can tell me if I did, if I mentioned this on the recharging your batteries, but being out away from like work and everyday responsibility of life and just being there where it's completely serene, just the sounds of nature, that's it. I actually noticed how, and it was a pretty intense situation, but how that adrenaline dump affected me for, until I went to sleep. Yeah. You know, the next morning, maybe I was, maybe it's still a little bit affected because, you know, cortisol does take time to leave the body, which does have an impact on the way that, you know, we feel and stuff. But, um, but that whole day, I was just not the same, you know, and, and imagine how that felt for her, you know, and she's more of an instinctive creature. So, you know, she, every, every sound that happened, she was like, what's that? What's that? So my next thing in terms of Nookie is I need to get back to Turon Gates as quick as is possible and make it a positive experience, mm. you know, go to areas that resemble that as much as possible. Make that picture you know, but, a positive picture for her. hundred percent, you know, so maybe next time we go down to those horses, and the good thing about it is that we don't go that often. Like we go often, but not as often as, as everyday life. If it happened in front of my house, we would probably be talking about a different story. Mm. I'd have to do a whole nother desensitization um, practice to get her used to it. So, but what I concluded from this is that the stronger a foundation your dog has, and then when bad things happen, the easier it is for them to bounce back and to go back into real life or back to ordinary life, so to speak, where um, a lack of foundation can create big, bad, worst things that can happen. And Worst for many reasons. Yeah. Were you going to say something before? No, well, I was saying um, 
you know, talking about the whole, the fact that it was happened at Turon Gates and you, you don't go there that often, how much, it's, I guess it's hard to say unless you go back there, right, how much of an effect that actually has in the scenario. Well, I'll be interested to see, oh, hold on one sec, maybe you can see me better when I brighten my screen up. Oh, my gosh, so silly. All right. Uh, I can see you better now. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, look, I think the biggest, I don't care if she's a little bit nervous of being a tour on Gates, it is what it is. It's a good payoff. I, I, I don't want her to be scared of other dogs because I could, you know, she's only five and she's going to see dogs for a long time. Um, but it's also how I manage it. Cause I know that after the staffy thing happened, we're up at the park, the similar sort of place. And <laughs> this golden retriever just pops out of the pond out of nowhere. And then, she, the dog like stares at her, she stares and she makes this, I've never heard this happen. She made this really random noise and then started bolting and the dog's like, yeah, and then chased her. And the owner went to go chase. I'm like, don't chase, man, just let him be. They ran, she stopped, they sniffed, that she came back. So she had a moment of, I'm prey right now, I've got to get the hell out of here. So mm. I, she's got this happening. That just reinforced everything for her in terms of dogs can bite and they have the potential to bite. And, but as I said, she's seen dogs even bark at her, coming and approaching her. Um, it's all been under control, like in terms of everyone's on the lead sort of thing. So everything's been good so far. And I'm just working on a systematic desensitization, which means baby steps towards what it is that we want. So let's go through of- that. So, so what does that look like? So, so let's just, in the nookie situation, it's probably a little bit different, but let's just go off. Let's just say that now nookie sees dogs and she, in the dog that she's, she would try to retreat and hide. So let's just say that's happening. And let's say when they come too close, she's going for little nips and biting. So, um, so that's a picture. And what we want to do is systematic desensitization is basically small baby steps and not flooding. Flooding is where we just expose the dog overwhelmingly to the stimulus and hoping she'll get better. Like taking the dog to a daycare, taking him off the lid and go handle it. Yeah. Um, in small times that works. Most of the time it can just make trauma worse. So, um, so what I would do is make sure I have the highest value food, whether that high value food is food that I've chosen for her to eat chicken or Frankfurt's, um, or I use all of the food that that dog's going to earn comes from my pouch, depending on how high your dog's food drive is, depending on the dog, it's better. Look, none of it's better. It's just to the individual dog, but you got to one, some say one way or another, make food valuable enough for your dog to want to do something for it or to see it inherently reinforcing. And I would walk. Obviously, I'd have a charger marked. I'd have loose lead walking already happening. So, again, having that good foundation before all of this happening, that's that's the example that's going to be now. I'll give you another version of it if you don't have that. So, I'll be walking. She sees a dog. The moment she just looks at the dog, I mark it and I reward her. She sees a dog, mark it and reward, mark and reward, and then I turn around or make wide space and just continue walking, make it neutral. Every time she sees that dog, I'm going to start making positive feelings for that dog rather than her, even if she barks, even if she, or if she runs away, I'm just going to mark and reward. Now, again, you may have a a dog that won't take the food because there's legitimately stress in that time, which means you're just too close to that dog. And you're probably using the wrong dog for this initial step. You don't want to increase the threshold, right? If you're too close or decrease, I should say. Yeah. 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 Yes. And, and also, using the right dog don't have a dog barking at her for the first dog that you do this with because that's just way too much going Mm. on Um, a dog like spades is a perfect dog to use that's why he's good for when i go to these sessions and we have the dog he comes out and straight away into a downstairs just sits there minds his own business Um, most dogs don't react to him because he's not a looking threat and then when i want him to be a bit more lively i get him up i get him to start doing certain commands i get him to bark on command and then you know from there we can start amping it up just a little bit as much as Spades can be excited. Old soul that he is. <laughs> he doesn't um, give much away, Spades. I try and G him up, but I, I don't have a lot of success. If he, if he had a voice, he'd speak like Eeyore from Pooh Bear. <laughs> okay, it's all right. <laughs> so he's pretty chill. But that's a perfect dog to use to begin with, and then we start using other dogs. Now, if you're walking down the street and the dog's lunging and pulling and barking already, you have to just make some space or get the hell out of there, change your direction and, and just try to make it as, as successful as possible. If you can, so this is easier if you're in a boarding kennel um, where you pull the dog out, pop, perfectly positive experience. You've been three minutes or it's been five minutes, whatever it is, 10 minutes, and she showed the best behavior. Boom, you put her back into the kennel. You pull her out a few hours later or tomorrow and we do it all again. And then slowly, so, in, so this now defines the systematic part of it is that we're, we're working to us 
towards a certain goal or a plan. We have a plan to be like, my walks aren't exercise right now. My walks are for desensitization to dogs. Now with Nookie, let's just say we've done the desensitizing up until the moment of where she's at now, where she can walk past dogs, she can interact with another dog, but she, but we haven't got a dog running at her. So ideally what I need to do now is maybe with a client's dog, a dog that has a recall, I'll get them to have the dog on a long lead. I'll have maybe a buffer of five meters. I'll have Nookie with me. I'll get the dog to just buzz around. Maybe I'll get them to throw the ball in my direction. The dog starts running towards me. I mark Nookie and I turn around and walk away. And then what's going to happen is the dog's either going to catch the ball and then go back to her owner or the dog's going to be running around and buzzing, trying to get to Nookie. And then I'm just making it as positive as possible. And then I get the owner to call, call her back, call their dog back to her. So that way that she goes, oh, dogs won't, every time a dog runs at me, they're not always going to run at me and bite me. And then what I'll do as a next step, again, I'm just pulling all this out of my ass and just trying to come up with some sort of progression yeah, plan. just riffing. You know, yeah. things are all different, but you get my gist, right? And then one thing, the next thing that I would do, and I've done this before, right? So I'm protective of Nookie because she's small and and um, and very vulnerable. She's a more of a liability than she's an asset at this stage because she gets hurt too easily. Um, so we, there was a, um, a dog on the corner of my place, of my street, and the dog's name is Jack. So a couple of years ago, I walked past the house and Jack's cool. If you meet Jack in front of my house, there's no drama. Walking past his house, he's a little terrier. So his territory runs out and he, and he like, he comes at the dogs. And he had bit an ace before one of my old dogs and took some fur off him. Um, so I know that he has the potential to bite because he gets very paranoid about his home. So I'm walking and then Jack comes running straight at me and I put, and I put Nookie behind me. I get in front of Nookie and in front of the dog, big body language, big voice and Oi, back up. And then the dog went, Oh, what the hell? And then he made some space and he went back inside. We walked past and that was a situation. So in that moment, I prevented the dog from getting to Nookie. Nookie feels comfortable with me because I've got her back. And also I prevented Nookie from getting hurt because the dog has to get to me to get through to her. You've shown so, her that I will, I will stay, I will represent you. I will protect you in that situation. I'm, I like to think that that's what's happening. Hmm. Hard to know though, right? Hmm. But but so in safety reasons, I did the right thing. Well, how I was she? Sure. The, how was she the next time you saw Jack after that? Oh yeah, there's, no, there's like there's no drama as long as he's not running at her, right? But she'll yeah. get paranoid anyway with the dog running at her because when we were doing dog mining too, you know, dogs were a bit more rougher with her. So she hmm. she learned she had to learn how. And look, and you don't want her too like sensitive you said, she's, either. You she's want tiny? She's she's like she's, a bottle of milk. You know what I mean? She's only little. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So look, I um I had one dog we were looking after, and it was a bit pushy and. Like it was only a puppy, puppy Labrador or something, bouncing around. And Nookie's like, hang, 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 hang. and then the dog went backed up. Now they were playing, but when the puppy went too much, she had to give a social correction. So I'm happy for her to. I think this is going to be an episode topic, but I want to pull this up because the last week I've been thinking about this. Is we want a level of confidence with our dogs, and we also want a level of manners. Confidence yeah. and manners are like the yin and the yang. Yeah, I was going to say, it is. It's yin and yang, right? It's, it's you know? order and chaos. Because, right? it's- yeah, because like, you, like yeah, exactly. Because confidence means we're dealing with chaos. Mm. We can, we, we're out, we're stepping out of the comfort zone. We're pushing ourselves. We're becoming what it is that we want. And But then with manners, you need to start putting some boundaries. You have to start putting some rules and some walls up to be like, hey, you can do this, but. And with confidence, it's do better than what you did before, you know? So you need to work that fine line and, and too much of one, too many, if you're trying to establish too many manners, you have a timid dog, a dog that's unsure. Too much confidence and you've got a pain in the ass to live with. So, you know, I want Nookie to have, like, to feel safe to ha- um, and to have the confidence, but I don't want her to be like manners where she's biting every dog because she thinks that she has to do it herself. So that's a fine line for each individual person to to know before we can find that out for each individual dog well, that's and the then, Dow, isn't it that's the middle path so as you're walking the that middle fine path, line man fine line and the, i originally thought about this because i was sitting having some thinking time about raising a child right since mm. since that's the position i'm in now so i have to think about it more often <laughs> i guess i've had a bit of practice with dogs right um it's the same concepts is that i want him to be confident enough to to get out get after it but I, and and to not fear making mistakes but I want him to have a level of manners where people want to hang out with him. And mm. I want him to want to come to me and, and seek guidance. Like if you have a dog that's too much manners and you're too hard on them, if they run off 
on you. Like the dog chases her and she runs. And I go, Nookie, come, because I'm paranoid because I'm emotional because she nearly ran the road, for example. If I'm too, too passionate about it, oi, come now. She'd be like, am I getting in trouble now? Because I don't want to come to you right now. Or people screw that up when they go, calm the dog comes and they beat the dog or hit the dog mm. because it ran off initially. I'm like, you can't do that. You have to actually praise the crap out of the dog when it came from you in those circumstances. But it goes against our These are the mind. things that keep you in business, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and there's some days I wish I didn't have this job because because uh, I want everyone to, to be geared with it. Um, mm. But that's not going to happen. So, that's what we, we, we have all our lovely listeners um, supporting us and um, it's been pretty cool. And I hope um I hope this is all making sense. I guess it's um it's really important because that because what happens is a dog has I wrote this down. I don't want to butcher it. Let me just quickly find it in my phone. Oh man, it's cool. So what I wrote is like how one bad experience can throw things off, even to the best of us. And not that I think I'm the best or anything, but I'm in a better position than most other dog owners since I'm equipped with understanding dog behavior somewhat. Um, and and it can happen to. If it's gonna, ha- and I see it so often, man. Just, you know, shit happens so often. Actually, more recently, I'm hearing more dog attacks happening from off-leash dogs in like suburbia. Um, so maybe we're all getting a little bit too lax with our dogs, I think. Um, and you know, and all of this is called life. So we can try to. Do you try think to it's stop coming all- down to more, more? Um, I feel I don't know. Maybe I, I might be wrong here, but I feel like off-leash is more common now than it was, say, a few years ago. I feel Maybe. like do- dog parks are becoming, as we become more urbanized mm. and people have to, you know, like let's say around the inner, inner urban areas, people, ha- the only chance they get out in the open with their dogs now may be a dog park, which is likely to be off leash. Mm. Well, if it's a dog park, it's off leash. And look, I'll be blunt about it, is that if you're dumb enough to go to the dog park, well, then your dog, you, you have to be, you have to put up with that risk. That's, that's the situation. It's just something though, right? like down it's, the street, it's, bro. It's, yeah. Well, it's education though. Like not everyone, first of all, not everyone, um, not everyone dislikes dog parks, but on the other side sure. of that, not everyone knows why they should possibly no, be wary sure. of dog, dog parks in the first place. Of course. Yeah. I was, I was being unfair to say you're dumb enough, but you know, like, um, no, I wouldn't. It's, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you there. I think. I don't think. Yeah. That I've. You know. I, I'm out a lot. But you just don't know. Day like, day I don't know what's bad behavior. Attack. Yeah. And and mm. and you just look at them, and, but you don't know what you don't know, right? Like people are very like, mm. oh, let's let's all just let our dogs just hang out like where they're all fucking human babies, and they're not. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Bring the Look, ball to the park. Bring the frisbee to the park. It's like, man, you no. Just- it's just because we become too safe. Like we be, we we are too safe, which means that we don't have much risk generally in our life. Which then means that well, everything like you should walk past every dog and assuming that that dog's going to bite your dog. That's my mindset. Now I'm not like paranoid of every dog I walk past, but I'm not going to be like, oh, a dog walked past me and bit me. Can you believe it? And it's like, well, yeah, it's a dog. It's like when you're driving, you know? right? They say the best defense is, oh, sorry, the best offense is a good defense. So you sort of, and that's why they call it defensive driving. You, you're driving, assuming that, not being paranoid, but like you're assuming that pretty much any car is going to could crash into you, right? Of course, and cause you harm for sure. And you, sh- and it's better. And even as a self defender, you should assume that everyone can do harm to you. And then when they don't, then it's a good thing. Mm. Rather than exp- then assuming, and you know, look, I can tomorrow have a counter argument to this in my own head, not to mention that someone may disagree. But if I walk past assuming that every single person's safe as because they live in a, so to speak, good place, then then that's bad and that's not good for your own self-defense. So it's the same with the dog. And and it's better to have that mindset. Well, like, you know, the Buddha say, this is not probably butchered, is that, you know, um, there's a Buddha saying, saying that life is suffering. Mm. Right. And then, and I think I heard this from Jordan Peterson probably. So if you can assume life is suffering because you will have moments of suffering, that is 100% inevitable and guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that life is happiness or good, or you'll have a good time. Cause there's some people that may experience very little moments of that. So instead of assuming life is good and then when suffering occurs, you then get really, really upset and bummed out, mm. Ex- expect it to be shit. So then when it's good, you have something worth celebrating mm, right? and so then, then you when, can actually yeah. have gratitude. When gratitude. happiness when happiness visits upon you, you should be grateful for it, but don't assume yeah. that that's the, that that's the default position. Mm. It's so true, huh? Mm. It's crazy. It's a hard way to think of it, you know? I think well, there's bad like that they say, What do they say you. that um, is it, um, is it ha- not happiness? 
or is it happiness equals um, expectations minus reality? Right. So you, mm. you you know don't don't set your bar too high. <laughs> yeah, and that's a hard one too because then okay, don't have much expectation, so you're not disappointed for sure. But then if you want the podcast to go well, you should have a level of expectation to grow into and to aim towards and have the goal. So again, that's another fine line, right? right? There's a fine line again mm. that um you know duality is upon us in every single moment, and we always need to find that 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 cool balance between the both to keep to keep what it is that we're intact. But you know maybe that's a topic in itself for sure. Then that that topic will probably go for a whole lifetime, right? Um, so um something I wrote down here: stimulus, dog, for example can create an avoidance, an avoidance behavior. So let's just say we're walking, the dog sees another dog and she goes, what the hell? And she avoids the dog and runs away from it as quickly as possible. And I then follow the dog and then we then remove ourselves from that dog. That is a negative reinforcement. The dog remove, it being removed from the situation feels good to the dog. So then that avoidance response to the stimulus will then create a behavior and that behavior can be flight. Now, you can have another behavior where the dog is now scared of another dog, sees the other dog, barks, 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 the dog disappears, the dog then feels reinforced. So it can go for avoidance, it can go for um, when a dog is then showing aggression at the same time, a fear aggression. So we want to try to make sure that the dog doesn't feel that it has to do that undesirable behavior, running away or or keep the dog away. Our goal is to show that we can walk past the dog and the dog has no um has no effect on the other dog walking past it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you walk past the dog, like if you're the postman, you drive, the dog barks, you keep riding past, the dog goes, Cool, my bark can keep kept the other thing away. Yeah, exactly right. Um, well that's a classic example, right? When you walk past the like a front yard and the dog barks and you keep walking and the dog's like, ha, huh, I got rid of him. That's right. Yeah. And and then what you do, so another neighbor's dogs and they they go mental. I've probably spoken this about about this before on the show is that I just stopped in front of their house. Yeah. I just stood there for like 15 minutes. The dogs didn't know what to do. And they started walking down the driveway and you saw what they were actually like. They were scared. They didn't mm. know what to do. And they mm. barking thinking mm. that, Oh, I will do what we have to do. And then I just stood there. And then now when I walk past, it's all cool. I can feed them. It's all happy. They were but trying to call your jump. bluff and then you called their bluff. <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy. You're like, I've got all day, bro. I can just stand yeah, here. I'll just hang out. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, and my dogs are happy about it too because I have to walk past this house often and I don't want dogs having their bark at us every single time. Like, I'm not just talking barking, like almost getting over the fence. One of them yeah. had gone over the fence before and I had to get her, pick her up and put her over the fence. Mm-hmm. So, the dog that barked me behind the fence doesn't bark at me on the other side of the fence. Um, so, yeah, with this um, sort of the, the one bad experience can throw things off you want to counter that by having a good foundation. If, you don't, if your dog hasn't had a bad experience now, awesome. Then keep, that's why you've got to keep up regular training. It's why you've got to keep up with, you know, um, regular exercise, loose lead walking, structure in your dog's life, discipline, you know, have some order in terms of what you do with your dogs. Give them time for play and for hyper arousal so then they can get all of that energy out while still developing impulse control. All these things come into play and that gives your dog confidence, confidence within you as a handler and also gives you confidence because you get to know your dog a little bit better. That relationship that you develop through, like, you know, you always, okay, generally, generally you'll be closer with somebody if you all go through the shit together. Like if me and you were out one night and then like there was a hold up and then there was this and that and it was all very dramatic, you know, and it was we all went through the, the challenge together mm. at the other end of it, we have now become closer because yeah, we, we went that, through that forges a bond between us, right? Yeah. So that will happen when you're there with your dog. Because another time that happened, um, I, th- I definitely spoke about this. I remember talking about it, but I talk all day. So who knows where I've said this? <laughs> We're up at the park. Um, a staffy angel, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I ranted about this on my on my stories once, and I don't do many rants. Um, I'm there walking sure? Leonardo. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Well, on, on my stories, I try to keep it positive. I probably rant to, to, um, to my people all the time. But we're up in the park. I had Leonardo and the dog was running full speed at Nookie. Nookie's just standing there like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. Should I run? And this was before the, the dog attack. Now, I knew that the dog wasn't a threat to my, dog, to my baby. Like it just – the dog didn't even look like a threat at all. It was this is a moment where Nookie needs to feel safe about this situation. So what I did was as she's running up, and she was only like a meter in front of me. So I walked away from the pram, which I'm still standing in between the dog and the pram. And the nookie's there and I kind of hutched over her. So, like, so I kneeled, 
but I had her between my legs and I stood there and the dog come pretty close and went, Dah! and then the, and with my arm out and the dog stopped for a sec and then it kind of took one more step and Spade went Boo! and barked and like, um, and continue. And the guy was calling the dog the whole time. And then as soon as I gave the correction and Spade's like, hey, piss off, the dog then ran back to owner. The guy put the dog back on the lead. Happy days. I felt bad because I kind of left Leonardo, even though he was just right behind me. But in that one moment, I had the moment to be like, well, yeah, I could stand here and pretend like Nookie doesn't exist. But then the dog runs up full speed and then Nookie runs because she gets hurt just for the dog, just not knowing how to stop and just jumps on top of her. Mm. You know, it was all friendly. But Nookie goes, wow, it seems like Panos has got my back and he's pretty proactive with this because I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen. And I know that I'll, I need her to understand there was a positive thing. Right after that happened, the dog ran away. I gave my marker for the ball. I said, bang. She looked at me. I threw the ball. I then made it a positive experience. She went, had a whole bunch of focus back on me. The dog walked past us within 10 meters. She, didn't, she looked at the dog, looked back at me like, I don't feel threatened by this. So that was another positive experience. So you really got to have a good foundation. So then you have a marker. Like if you have no markers and your dog's had a bad experience and there's no structure on the wall. You've got no so language. Yeah. There's no language. The dog doesn't even feel confident being out. It's stressed because it's just back here, back there, sniffy stuff, <laughs> running back and forth. That, that sort of anxiousness just by being too free with no boundaries actually didn't do anything good for us. So, um, so I always have a good foundation for so many reasons. That's why Charge all of these mark, episodes. Do it, you know, from the start, do it properly. Yes, of course, you know, and use the right tools as well, you know. Um, Make sure that your dog can't escape out of the collar. Make sure that you have good control. Make sure that your, your food is valuable to your dog or whatever your reinforcement is. And if you're struggling and you can't get answers from me because you don't live near me and we can't do training, well, then employ a good dog trainer. Like, you know, you can try to do all of this stuff yourself. And I appreciate that people, you know, watch our videos and listen to our, our, our show. And, and, and a lot of people are saying that it's been helping um, with their dog. But if you just got that little bit extra, like there's no point winging it for a year and doing it 40% when you can have someone help you do it at 90% and you can get it done in three months. That's it, right? Like I could find a million different ways to cook or work out on YouTube, but maybe I want to go to a restaurant and eat it, eat a meal cooked by a chef or I want to hire a personal trainer or, or go to a boot camp or uh, you know what I mean and, and have someone who's qualified to actually help me. Um, yeah. But you, you – we talked a lot about Nookie. How was Spades after all this? Do you think the fact that Spades was there helped the overall outcome of the situation? In in a practical way, the fact that Spades was there, the dog then went towards Spades and started biting Spades and Spades ran off, mm. meant that Nookie was off the hook. Yeah. Without Spades there, now in saying that, without Spades there, um, and let's say the dog was on Nookie still, I would have had that extra two and a half seconds of palm Leonardo towards Tanya's arms and then I'm getting hands on with that dog. And God help that dog. Yeah. Because you fucking fuck with my family. I'm going to take it out on you. Yes, not aggressively. Gonna, no. But I'm going to, if the dog's latched on and not letting go, I'm choking you off with your collar. I'm probably going to get bitten. I'm going to have wounds. I'm going to deal with the situation. I'm going to make sure that I neutralize it and then make sure that uh, that dog's on a leash one way or another so they can go back to its owner. Like you, ha you have to get yourself involved if you want to make sure everything's as best as it can be, it may not always be the case because you may get into, you may intervene, get yourself bitten and thrashed by your own dog out of redirected aggression. So you got to really be careful. I'm, I was willing to take that risk if I felt like I had to, it's been heaps of times where I've had to do it. Um, but the fact that spades was there um, helped because it just, the dog just aimed its focus on spades. How is he like, water off a duck's back like nothing even happened he just came right back to me sat next to me not even we went for a walk he sipped out of the creek we went up there we played some games he's probably so freaking used to asshole dogs that you say you say he, you say he would um he would be eeyore from winnie the pooh but sometimes i feel like he would be yoda man like he's so fucking he's definitely old yoda. Wise. <laughs> well look i think i think um you, you can't like in that moment there he, he definitely um kicked into yoda mode for sure yeah. um you know but he, he can be like a, a bit of a sensitive dog as well, Spades. You know, he can be mm. pretty anxious himself. So, like, you know, but in that one moment or from now, like, we, we've still seen dogs. If anything, he's probably better after that happened. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's made him worse. If anything, now dogs are barking. I mean, he just kind of deals a bit better. Maybe because yeah. he thinks, hey, man, dogs can bite me. Like, I think he had a little bump on his back, but it was like the dog, again, was – it was like a cattle cross. So, it was like doing like the – 
jumping and biting the side of his body and spades knows how to run and sidestep it's so cool how he sidesteps dogs like there's only been a f- very small amount of times where like i've had a dog run off the lead out the front door of someone's house and i try to attack spades and he's just sidestepping the dog it's while i'm the trying old, to get into the being. old nrl step just one two he did the best one time where this dog had no collar so i couldn't grab him it was a staffing was going for his going for spades throat um, spade sidestepping, sidestepping. The dog's just attempting, attempting, attempting. He went once and nearly committed, and I and I had to jab the dog in the head and just grab him by the scruff, like a whole handful of scruff, just to control him. Lucky I had a spare lead on me, and boom, the dog went on, and I took him back into the home hmm. you know, while the owner was freaking out. Um, you got to be quick, and the only way you're going to be quick is um, to to uh, call for action. Actually, I'll, one episode I want to talk about is like how do we deal with an aggressive dog? Um, I guess. If I start talking about that now, it'll be another 45 minutes. You mean like an I actual guess. fight? Yeah, like what, what are our options? What mm. what should you think about? In the moment. You, you talk in about like moment. getting involved. It's like, you know, one, once a dog, like in that situation when that dog attacked Nookie, you're already fucking involved, so you better know what to do. You know what I mean? Because you, you at that point, you don't have the chance to just really like turn your back and walk away. Like you're well, in it. Sometimes, you're in the sometimes knowing what to do is to step back and watch. If you're not, not going to put 110% and you're, and you're going to, and you're like, like in that one moment, let's say Tanya wasn't there. I got Leonardo in my arms. I ain't doing shit. Nothing. Mm. What am I gonna do? Put him at risk? Yeah, right. Do I sacrifice my dog for my for my only for my child? You know what I mean? Like that's mm. a, that's deep. That's deep shit. You know, and people like to be a hero and talk about it, but let's just see what happens in the in the moment. You know what I mean? Um, me kicking that dog was good. The dog had no focus on me, and if I got my hands on it, it probably could have bitten me so i think that dog would have been pretty sore after i dealt with it i kicked him quite a quick kick to uh, quite a few times um mm. in in the flank there just to kind of and i had boots on like it was it was significant i feel maybe if it was a cctv video or someone's dash cam was maybe it wasn't what i thought it was because how do i know that's it just adrenaline, a isn't it yeah it probably Who felt like it I- went for so much longer than it did it probably was only about yeah. 10 seconds or right? maybe i thought oh i was kicking the dog maybe i kicked it even harder than I-. so like, i can't say but i know that whatever happened every variable that happened made out the outcome of what it was hmm. and it is what it is, you know, hmm. but I do want to talk about aggression in dogs and how do we deal with it and, and how much you don't know what to do. Like, you know, you can ask a black belt martial artist, you know, experience for 20 years, how to deal with a specific situation. And, and for him to say, do this, that guy's no good because he doesn't know the situation where you're at, what the level of the other person is, how strong they are, confined space, like so many variables. And then, oh, this is the only way to defend from a knife attack would be a stupid thing to say to somebody. It's like train for many years and then you have heaps of tools to deal with them at one moment that comes to you in that moment, you know, and that's that's um that's real. So, um, yeah, and I think they'll have anything else written on here. And, yeah, and having a solid foundation definitely helps and, and a plan for desensitization we talked about. So um, that's a wrap for today's session. That's it. That was a yeah. good one, man. That was good. Good little. Yeah, I've been I've been really looking forward to to getting that out there for people. It's good to get it out of your head as well, right? Like I'm sure you've been obviously, and I mean, for you as well. Like not just the dogs and and you and Tanya and who knows, maybe mm. even Leo. You know, they, you're exposed to that, so it Mel is. screaming right next to his face. He didn't cry at all, but he you, he had definitely he would have had an imprint of that in his in know, his consciousness that, at some st- for that, sure. That that situation was definitely you know imprinted in your. Your amygdala, man, your I'm, lizard brain, man, you know what I mean? Like you, you that's why you've been I, I thinking get, about it so much for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have less like less trust in dogs, man, the more you work with them in, in one way or another. Like I I was speaking to a friend, they go, We should, you know, we can do this talk and everyone bring their dogs. I'm like, no, everyone bring their dogs. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a confined space. We're not talking about just like at a big park. Like mm. a confined space, fifty people, everyone has a dog. That just to me just uh, uh, now to the everyday person like that's a cool idea everyone has their dog it's fun and then from me because that's i've seen park, too much that's the dog park uh yeah that's true attitude analogy <laughs> yeah it's um look I, not that i don't trust dogs more or anything but I, I have to say that i've seen more to now know that there's more of a risk or concern which means mm-hmm. i take more precautions you know and that's just how it is you know we just had a few kids running in the backyard today and 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 even my dogs like it's all new to them it's only a year that I've had, that we've had Leonardo and um, and kids running around and getting all noisy and annoying spades or nookie can can be a certain thing. So I have to think about it before I go, oh, he lunged at her face. How well, crazy is that? And it's like, well, yeah, it's a dog. So well, you they should say have dog, dogs, dogs see pictures, right? They learn by pictures. So 
Mm. Like you said, this is this, you know, you've got Leo now and you've got little baby cousins coming around. That's a new picture for the dog. How the fuck would you know how he's going to react to it? He's had 10 years, but up until this point, he's never had that particular picture. So how would anyone know how he's going to react to that? You don't know. It's exactly like a cat. Like if you have a cat, five years old, then you introduce a puppy, it's it's pretty known that your five-year-old cat you would probably hate the dog. That, that's, that's, in, that's considering that your cat hasn't shared a house with a dog in its whole life. Mm. And then it sees it, it's like the dog, the cat's like, no way am I hanging out. Like my dogs with Ashley, Ashley was like, she was 18 when she died. She'd just stand at the doorway and the dogs would be standing at the door and then they go three, two, one, and run really fast past her because she's like, and then she wouldn't move. She sits there. She's a cat, typical cat mm. move. Um, where having Romeo... He was just meowing at the door just before. Um, he was a kitten, so he just grew up like having dogs around. It's completely normal. Dogs are dogs. Now, if he sees a random dog coming, he knows to like, you know, make space or whatever. Mm. But it's it's a good way of thinking about it is that if if we had, like when I introduce a puppy into this household with a baby, that dog goes, that puppy has more of a chance of being cool with the, do- with the child as long as there's no shitty experiences that have occurred. Um, compared to now adding the annoying little flesh baby while, he, while Spades is almost 10 going, oh, I have to deal with this now. You know, so make it as positive as possible. Yeah. And um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. The usual story. Uh, If you enjoyed it, you know, like, rate, share, comment, leave a review. Tell us. Yeah, leave us us. more reviews, people, (laughs) please. Yeah, definitely. Hey, and you went on on Isaac's podcast this week. How was that? Yeah, the Ice Project. It was good. It was fun. Um, It was... It was so fun to do. He had a whole bunch of questions for me that he himself mm. has. He has a young puppy and, and all of his listeners. So it was just getting out of, um, some some knowledge for the people and a few tips there for people to work on and um, just gave him a bit of a backstory of, of what we got up to. And I had a really good time. He's a cool guy, yeah. Um, you know, and you introduced us and that is probably going to bump up some of our our um, audience as well because he's got a good following. But um, but. But I actually really thoroughly enjoyed. I think he really benefited from it too, and um, and yeah, and I hope all of his listeners took something away from it. I hope so. Yeah, I re- I re- he let us um, re-release that on ours. So I hope Check you guys have listened to that. And I, even for me, listening to that, I heard like your story from a different perspective as well. There's probably some stuff in there that you hadn't we'd never talked about. So it was cool to listen to that. True. Um, Things you don't think about all the time. You know, the question he, he gave me, like you know, so um, you know, you got to kind of ponder on it while giving yeah. an answer immediately. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think he's going to come on ours at some point as well. So we'll hook that That'd up. That'd be awesome. And, um, he's very, totally. um, very savvy. You know, he's built a seven-figure clothing brand in the last three or four years. So it's uh, mm. there's a lot to learn from him. So, yeah, we'll have him on. Heaps of people that I've spoken to, like, you know, follow him one way or another. So mm. he's um, definitely got a got influence out there he's influencing the this people this t-shirt so. and this had a <laughs> his brand as well so I I, I got a, go. I got a lot of his stuff as well yeah shout out shout out to YKTR Sh- you know the out. rules that's it man that's it yeah alright that's another cool. episode guys thanks again and uh, thank you all we'll see you next time we appreciate you cheers see you bro thank you for listening to another show of life with your dog Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.